Hello and welcome to the Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the five biggest weight loss myths for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's episode. So Rob, we speak to a lot of women in their 40s and 50s who are looking to drop a dress size or two, but are struggling to see any movement with their weight. Women who are trying all the plans, all the programs that worked in their 20s and 30s, but then just stepping on the scales at the end of the week and seeing zero movement. And that can be really frustrating for a lot of the women we work with. It can leave people feeling completely trapped, dreading going on beach holidays, no longer enjoying shopping for clothes, worrying that they'll never be able to lose the excess weight or that it's just kind of a part of the aging process they'll have to accept. And that's never a nice place for anyone to be in. And while it might be true that age and hormones can make it easier to gain weight, especially around the middle and more difficult to lose it again for women over 40, the good news is there is a quick and easy way to escape from the situation. And it usually comes down to a few common misconceptions that people make, which can stop them from getting the results that they want. So today we're going to go through the five most common weight loss myths that mean women over 40 struggle to see movement on the scales. And we will reveal our most effective strategies to get the scales moving and drop one to two dress sizes before summer. So, Rob, why don't you kick off and go through what is the first weight loss myth for women over 40? So the first one, the first myth that I hear a lot is that it all goes to pot once you reach a certain age. And this is a really common narrative I hear from loads and loads of our clients or people who think of signing up saying they've heard this. And when they hear it, it's kind of enough that they... If they keep hearing it, they end up believing it. And I think then it leads them down the wrong path. Yeah, I mean, it is true that there are changes that happen, um, which, you know, I know you're going to cover in a second. But the key thing is it doesn't have to kind of go to part. Like you still can make amazing progress. So like what happens for women as they get older? And then what can you kind of do to to kind of counteract that? Mm -hmm. So... Hormonal changes start to happen in the run-up to menopause. And this can start to happen for women in their early 40s, even though the average age for menopause in the UK is 51. Hormonal changes start to happen a lot earlier than that because that is when women have gone an entire year consecutively without a period. And what tends to happen is because of these hormonal changes, the female sex hormones start to reduce estrogen and progesterone. But what people don't realize is then it also makes the body more sensitive to stress. And what this means is the approaches that worked for women in their 20s and 30s, they no longer work for women in their 40s and 50s and beyond. So things like HIIT, things like spinning, things like gym classes, uh, even running. And in terms of dieting, things like low calorie, really restrictive dieting, 1200 calories a day, 800 calories a day, shakes, juicing, that stuff really doesn't work well. And the reason why is because they overstress the body and they trigger what we call the weight gain triangle. So this is leptin resistance, insulin resistance, and thyroid deregulation. So these are three additional kind of knock-on effects <clears throat> of overstressing the body. And effectively, they just make the body push back and resist weight loss. And it will ramp up cravings. So that's what leptin resistance will do. It will reduce your metabolism. That's thyroid deregulation. And it will increase fat storage, especially around the middle, which comes from that insulin resistance. Got it. And 
what would you say like if you wanted to avoid this if you wanted to kind of avoid this weight gain triangle what would be kind of the key things to focus on so you you've got to do something different if you keep doing the same thing which is no longer appropriate for your body as it changes you're going to overstress the body so you've got to do something that's going to avoid overstressing the body and you've got to work with these changing hormones rather than against them and i think we're going to get into it we've got some other myths we want to cover and we'll reveal exactly um what the right things are to do but the key thing to take away from this first one is to avoid overstressing the body with extreme exercise and diet approaches and work with your changing hormones rather than against them so the next two and the next myths number two and three we've basically rolled these into one so this one is basically that you have to do cardio or you have to sweat a lot in order to lose weight so the reality is just because something feels really hard it doesn't mean that that's actually going to be effective for example you could hand wash all of your clothes. It would take absolutely hours if you did, you know, uh, I remember I went to a, one of the one of those old museums where they show you how people used to live and they have this big sink at the bottom of the garden where they scrub all of the clothes against like one of those. I can't remember what they're called. It's a, a washboard, actually, isn't it? It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> scrub them through a washboard, rinse them off, put them through a mangle, like all of this complicated effort. It would take absolutely hours. It's exhausting. And overall, if you wash your clothes by hand, they'll probably still be less clean than just putting them in the washing machine and pressing go. So just because something's hard work doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be effective. OK, got it. So what's what's the truth of the matter? then? like, what's the reality when it comes to women over 40? So cardio exercise can work really well for people who are younger because not necessarily because it's the most effective thing, but because they can do pretty much anything and see results. So, you know, for a woman in their 20s or a person in their 20s, they could do cardio, they so see good results. They could also do what we would recommend for women over 40, and they'll equally see good results or potentially see even better results. However, for women as they get older, certain changes happen that make cardio a poor choice for losing weight and toning up. So three things happen. So the first thing is sensitivity to stress um, increases. So things like HIIT training, high intensity interval training, gym classes, spinning, running, all of these forms of exercise, they stress the body a lot. And if you kind of overstress the body, as you already said previously, Rob, that can trigger that weight gain triangle, which can make it very, very difficult to lose weight by putting your body in sort of the wrong state for that to happen. The next thing that happens is as women get older, they start losing muscle mass. So they'll start losing about three to 8% of muscle mass from age 30 and Muscle is kind of what makes your body feel firm, feel toned, feel strong. And so if you lose muscle mass, you'll end up feeling saggy, you'll end up feeling flabby. Plus, this will also slow down your metabolism. And cardio is catabolic, which basically means it burns muscle. It makes this happen even faster. And like the best example of this, if you look at any, you look at kind of really long distance runners, like marathon runners, for example, they're very, very thin, very, very small. They don't have very much muscle mass. They don't have very much tone to their body. Um, they're just very, very thin. They just have a very, very light body because the body tries to adapt to whatever you do to it. So if you tell your body that you need to run, it tries to turn you into the the physique that would go jogging, which is just very, very slim, just but but not necessarily in a nice sort of firm and toned way. The third thing that can happen is you can also get joint issues. So joint issues get worse around the menopause as estrogen is a natural lubricant. So estrogen literally lubricates your joints. So as you approach the menopause, estrogen levels start to decrease. That lubrication in your joints starts to reduce. So if you're pounding the pavement running, 
um, or doing any kind of, you know, doing things in HIIT training, they're making you do like, I say you go to a gym class and they're getting you doing burpees, they're getting you doing squat jumps, all these types of things that are quite high impact that can then easily lead to you getting injured. And if you get injured, most people then tend to kind of give up. Got it. And it's a great point about the running. I think some people look at runners and go, oh, but they, they're slim and I want to be slim. But a lot of the time, again, these professional runners, they're in their 20s or 30s. They're not 45. They're not 50 with a really stressful job. And they therefore, they're first of all, they're an athlete. They probably naturally hold on to muscle better. Um, they don't have a really stressful lifestyle and they're probably a different age. So whilst they may still have some muscle tone, if you do that same thing as 45 or 55, you're going to look totally different. So sensitive stress increases, start losing muscle, um, joint issues, all of these things are made worse by cardio. So what would be the best type of exercise for people to do instead? So what is needed is something that, that has sort of five factors to it. So the first one is something that keeps stress on the body low to moderate. The second is that it builds muscle rather than burns it. The third is that it increases your metabolism. The fourth is it's gentle on joints. And what this all like adds up to is in our fit over 40 program, what we use is list training. So list stands for low impact strength training. This can be done from home. Uh, usually with our clients, you know, they'll use resistance bands or kettlebells, just very, very simple equipment. And, you know, some body weight exercises as well. Um, you can do it from home equally, you know, you could do it at the gym as well. Um, but it's essentially lifting weights in a slow and controlled way. So you're not doing any explosive dynamic movements. You're not doing long periods of high intensity cardio. You're not getting your heart rate kind of pumping out of your chest. But this form of exercise is very, very effective for losing body fat. It means that our clients are able to see amazing results in the mirror. And a great example of this is um, actually one of your clients you worked with in the past, Ben. So Sarah Davies, um, when I interviewed her for the podcast, she said, um, I always thought, this is a quote from her, I always thought cardio is really important. When I first joined your program, that was something I was skeptical of because you were quite firm with me that I didn't need to do cardio and it really shocked me. And I didn't, <clears throat> meaning I didn't do cardio. I lost 45 and a half pounds and I went from a size 14 to a size eight, not doing any cardio. And a lot of people keep asking me, is it because of the running? And I'm like, no, I didn't lose it from the running at all. I wasn't running. And it's like people don't want to hear, again, this is what she said. It's like people don't want to hear that they believe it's something else. My list training and my balance and my food and all the other stuff is how I got where I'm at. So that just goes to show this was someone who used to run, was not seeing any results. Then we actually stopped doing that. And we start doing that list training type of exercise that worked with a change in body and hormones. And she lost not only a huge amount of weight, um, and dress sizes, 45 and a half pounds and 14 to an eight. But also she did it without needing to, you know, pound a body into submission doing all this difficult cardio. So let's go on to the next myth. So we've got another two that kind of rolled into one. And it's one I hear all of the time. I think it's become very popular on the internet is talking about calories in versus calories out, calorie counting. So is it just all about calories in versus calories out or eating less and moving more? These are kind of two very popular approaches at the moment. And the problem is, in my experience anyway, this is an oversimplification because in the reality, in the run-up to menopause, we talked about this before, but it's the key thing you've got to bear in mind. In the run-up to menopause, the body becomes more sensitive to stress and you've got to work with that. And what issues can this cause? Like if people fall into this trap and they, they don't focus on the body becoming more sensitive to stress, like what problems can this cause for people? So... There's a lot of things that I see come up for, for clients, especially who've kind of 
I've done this in the past and we talked to them about it and they're just focusing on calories and trying to you know reduce the calories coming in and increase the calories going out so the first thing people tend to do is if they're really focused on calories is they focus on ineffective exercise so just because the calorie burn is supposedly really high from a type of exercise let's say doing a gym class I was speaking to someone at my gym yesterday and they were saying their wife does Barry's boot camp and he sometimes does it with clients and his fitness tracker says he burns out 1,100 calories doing Barry's boot camp. Yeah, he used to get in way worse shape from doing it. I know this is a man in an example, but it, it said he burnt loads and loads of calories doing it, even though now he doesn't do that regularly anymore and he's in much better shape. And the first thing to note on this is just because the calorie burns high doesn't mean it's going to be effective for getting you in shape. And fitness trackers are also very inaccurate. So if it says it burnt 1,100 calories, the recent studies just come out showing that they are at least overestimating by one and a half times up to two times on what's really being burned. So a lot of people are going to eat back way more calories than they've actually burnt if they go by their fitness tracker. So this is a little bit dangerous. Plus, they're going to be doing exercise that we've talked about already that's going to be burning muscle, that's going to be making them flabbier, saggier, slowing the metabolism, damaging their joints. So if you just focus on calories, you kind of miss the full picture. You're going to actually feel and look a hell of a lot worse even if you do somehow luck out and get some weight loss from it. And then the second side of this, we talked about the exercise side, the nutrition side. I see all the time people end up eating really poor quality food and making poor quality drinks and lifestyle choices just because the only thing they're doing is trying to get that calorie number down. So they end up doing things like skipping meals or just eating like a tiny salad for lunch, which doesn't fill them up at all. But they're also having like two or three lattes a day, which is 500, 600, maybe even 700 calories of effectively rubbish, um, eating chocolate in the evening or having a, a couple of glasses of wine in the evening. So the body's getting really poor quality nutrition coming in. There's loads of caffeine. There's then all this alcohol. And it could just be one of these things and loads of sugar as well, or all of them combined will be even worse. But it's going to leave you in a terrible state. Your body and your brain is not going to register these things as food. And analogy I always use for this is it's kind of like a uh, a parking meter or a vending machine when you've got one of those counterfeit pound coins and you keep putting the pound coin in and it keeps popping out the bottom and you're going, oh, for God's sake, come on. You're shoving it in, trying to like push it in in a special way. I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> push it in harder and it still doesn't register. And that's what's going to happen with this food. So your body is going to keep calling out for food. And in most cases, people then end up blowing out and eating too much in the evening or drinking to try and make up for the lack of those quality calories coming in. And then the last thing that happens is if you keep making poor quality food and drinks choices, this actually is an additional stress on the body. These are toxins that your body's got to process out. Your liver's got to process them out. Your body's got to deal with all this sugar, this big spike in blood sugar, and then there's this big crash. And this just makes everything worse. It's going to make your menopause symptoms worse. It's going to disrupt your sleep. You're going to feel tired and sluggish. So the truth is, then, it is a lot more complicated than just, you know, calories in versus calories out. So what are kind of the other things that people need to focus on? What, what does actually work for women over 40? Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to make this seem impossible to do because it's it's a bit more complicated than that, but it's not impossible. We have hundreds of women on our program right now seeing incredible results. Um, so what you need to do is focus on quality and quantity by making smarter choices and by making the right choices ultimately for your body at this time. So we do this using an approach called hormonally balanced eating. There's two parts to this. Firstly, we focus on the quality. So 
We're not actually even looking at calories at all. It's about making the right food choices to make you feel good and to kickstart your weight loss. So we do this using a process called the diet makeover. We cut out four hormone disrupting foods, wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar, just for one to two weeks. So it's a really short space of time. Then we introduce much more flexibility and balance. What this does for our clients is it breaks their bad habits, anything they're stuck with. We tend to find you can't just try and wean yourself off. You have to go kind of cut it out for a bit. Uh, it will eliminate cravings, it'll improve gut health as well, which will improve mood, it'll improve energy. Uh, it'll also, um, I just talked about eliminating cravings, it also helps to eliminate those cravings further and it will kickstart weight loss. So um, I know we've got another example. We we did some research on earlier of one of our clients who's seen amazing um, weight loss during this period. And we see this all of the time, just doing this diet makeover process, getting people eating the right food choices. And then the second thing to do, so we've got quality right first, which is really, really important. And then we've got to look at the quantities as well, because it is still possible in rare cases to actually still be eating too much um, or too little. That also happens. Um, but we don't just look at calories when we're looking at quantity. So this, again, that's when it's oversimplified. We need to look at what we call the key three. So calories, protein and fiber and protein and fiber are really, really important, especially as you get older. There's what's going to help you to build muscle, stay full, not have crazy cravings. Um, and be really, really healthy as you get older as well. So those two things are really important. And there's a sweet spot for each. It's going to be individual to every person. So we can't just say it's this amount. It's not 1,200 calories. It's not 800 calories. It's definitely more than that. Uh, but we want to make sure we're not eating too much, too little. We've got to eat just the right amount. And then the way we do this, we do it for clients in our program um, by giving them specific targets for them, for each of those key three, after doing the diet makeover process. and it's not uncommon for our clients to lose five to 10 pounds in the first few weeks and go on to lose one to two stone in 12 weeks or less. Amazing. Yeah. We see those kind of results all the time. And I've actually got a great example of this here. So this is a message that we got from Sandra, um, who's actually been on the program kind of more than 12 months now, but what she sent us after her first few weeks, she said, Hi all, I don't normally post things, this is my first. I started on the 11th of April, so I'm on week four. I've got two wins to share. I've been to see the practice nurse today for blood pressure check and to get weighed, blood pressure normal. I can stay off blood pressure meds. Win number one, woohoo. And win number two, I've lost five kilos, whoop whoop. Just thought I'd share. So amazing results. Like after the first four weeks, she's lost five kilos. But I also wanted to share, you know, what happened later down the line? What happened as she continued with the program? So after 12 weeks, Sandra had actually lost 12 kilos, so nearly two stone, and she'd lost two dress sizes. So she just continued seeing results with this with this um, approach that we've been explaining in today's episode. And then it didn't stop there. So after 12 months, she'd lost 26.7 kilos, so more than four stone, which is an absolutely massive change. And I've got another more recent quote from her now. She said, I hadn't seen my sister and brother-in-law for some time, saw them last Wednesday, and my sister asked me to give her a twirl told me I looked good and said she was very proud of me. My brother-in-law told me I looked good and looked 20 years younger. So absolutely amazing results there from Sandra. And, you know, not only has she made that massive change, it's improved her health. It's improved the way she feels. She's able to wear the clothes she wants to wear, but also all of her friends and family are also noticing what an amazing change she's been able to see. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about, right? You want to feel better. You want to, you know, you want people to notice these changes as well. I think it's a normal um, human thing to to want that. And sometimes I spoke to some clients this week about it. Like 
we don't notice the changes as much as other people do, especially if you're not seeing them for a little while. So getting that validation is a really good uh, thing as well. And that's why we also work with people one-to-one because as coaches, we can often see these changes that people are not recognizing in themselves. So Sandra, she lost over four stone. Um, she looks 20 years younger. Like I'm sure people want to know where can people go, Ben, to find out more about the plan that she followed. So if you want to find out more about the plan that Sandra followed, just head over to www.fit40info.com and you can get all of the details on that page. Amazing. So that just about wraps up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week for another episode. We'll see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.